What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Tackles and Turnovers. Um, I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here with Stephen Sheehan. As always, uh, we're co-hosting this thing. Um, today, we have a special, special treat for you guys. We're going to put the divisions on pause for a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about the position that absolutely everybody loves to talk about. Um, and that is the quarterback position. Um, so what we did is we ranked our top 32 starting quarterbacks. Um, and obviously, you know, I, we, I talked to Steven a little bit about how we went about doing this. Um, and you know, we feel like with quarterbacks, you know, how you have to rank them is you have to take everything into consideration. Um, and that is, you know, their age, the situation they're in with their team, um, you know, there's their stats that they put up the previous year, or if they're rookies, um, you know, the talent that they have going into the season, um, you know, things like that. Um, obviously, um, all these things I feel like, um, and I think Steven agrees that, uh, they all play into, uh, what makes a quarterback good, uh, what makes him elite. And, you know, where they stand on our uh, top 32 list. Um, so I'm very excited. Um, we're going to get right into this. Um, uh, and, you know, at 32, I have our boy Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky, um, he's basically a bully at the quarterback position. All he does is beat up on, on bad teams and struggles against good teams. Um, and this year, obviously, everybody knows that they brought in Nick Foles, as we talked about on our um, divisional coverage episode. Um, they brought in Nick Foles to essentially either make him step up to be the quarterback that they envisioned when they um, drafted him uh, with the second overall pick there. Um, and, you know, we'll see. He's only 20, 25, so that is enticing. He's still relatively young. Um, but. That's who I have at 32. Um, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I don't really care. That's who I have at 32. Um, and, you know, we'll see. Um, so, Stephen, what would you think and who do you have at 32? Um, I can't disagree with you. I actually have Trubisky and Foles, you know, that Bears starting combo at 31, which means okay. that at 32, I actually have Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen, um, the like that little duo for the Redskins. Um, All right. Reason being Dwayne Haskins was absolutely awful as a rookie. Um, granted, he doesn't have, you know, you know, they had a coaching situation with firing Jay Gruden and now they have Ron Rivera, but um, this is a guy that only had one season as a starter in college and he was awesome, but there are a lot of question marks there. So he's totally unproven where M Mitch Trubisky has had some success in the NFL and then when you look at the supporting cast, I would definitely take Chicago's with Allen Robinson, um, Cordero Patterson. You know, they drafted Cole Komet in the second round. You know, they took a flyer on Jimmy Graham. Um, I think those weapons are much better than what uh, Haskins and, and Allen have in Washington. But, I, you know, obviously I have Trubisky in one spot ahead at 31. So either way, they both suck. Yep. And, you know, that's the interesting t thing, too, is we, we didn't talk about who we have on our list or, you know, where they're going to fall. We're, we're finding out who's on what list where, um, as you guys are as well. And it's interesting that I have Dwayne Haskins at number 31. Um, and basically my notes are he had one of the worst rookie seasons, I feel like, in my opinion. 
Um, he missed a lot of easy passes. I tried to watch a lot of his games um, because I remember the year before um, the Dolphins potentially hearing noises about the Dolphins probably trying to draft Dwayne Haskins. Um, so I wanted to see, you know, where if it was a good idea or not to draft him. Um, and I feel fairly certain that we got our guy this year, and I'm kind of glad that we passed up on on Dwayne Haskins. Um, a lot of immaturity questions arose this season. Um, so that's basically – that's it for 31. Um, and now for our my 30th and Steven's 30th right after, um, I kind of – I'm going with Jared Stidham here um, for nothing other than we don't necessarily know – the kind of quarterback that he could be. Um, I like Jared Stidham as a prospect at quarterback. He's only 23 years old. Um, and obviously Bill Belichick likes him too. Um, there's not enough tape there to really evaluate him much. You'd have to probably go back to his days at Auburn. Um, but he had to learn under Tom Brady this year, which is always a positive. Um, and that's basically all my notes for Jared Stidham. So what do you think? And what do you, who do you have at 30? Well, once again, we possibly could be flip-flopping here. I actually had Stidham at 29, so I'm not, you're not too far off, once again, because he's unproven. But at number 30, I have to go with Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, another guy that had a pretty bad rookie season. Yeah, he threw 24 touchdowns, which looks nice, but this is a guy that we talked about in our NFC East podcast. He had no... Uh, no right to be the sixth overall pick. He shouldn't have been a first rounder. When you look at Jared Stidham's college production compared to Daniel Jones, it's not even remotely comparable. So, you know, obviously uh, Stidham is definitely low on the list because he's uh, an unproven commodity, but I have much more faith in his upside than Daniel Jones. And I think the Giants made a massive mistake as we talked about in a previous episode. So I had uh, Daniel Jones coming in at number 30 with Stidham at 29. All right. Very cool. Um, I have Daniel Jones a little higher than you, and you'll find out where. Um, so just to recap a little bit, I know it's going to be hard to keep keep up, so I'll try to recap it a little bit. Um, at 32, I had Mitchell Trubisky, and, I, and Steven had Dwayne Haskins. Um, at 31, I had Dwayne Haskins, and Steven, I believe, had um, – you had Mitchell Trubisky there, right? Yep. Okay, and at 30, I had Jared Stidham, and um, Steven has uh, Daniel Jones at 30. Um, and now 29, I have Tyrod Taylor, um, quarterback for the – I when I wrote my notes, I wrote San Diego Chargers, <laughs> but obviously it's Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so basically, um, I, I like Tyrod Taylor coming out of college, especially since my favorite quarterback of all time is probably Michael Vick. Um, I thought, you know, Tyrod Taylor was literally a carbon copy with less of an arm. Um, but in the NFL uh, – what he's been able to accomplish has kind of been a little lackluster there. Um, I wrote that uh, he can make all the throws in the NFL and has great running ability at the quarterback position. The only problem is he doesn't make enough plays to win games. Um, he's kind of like a little game manager there. Um, but the ability is there to run the ball and he's a great thrower of the ball and he doesn't have much turnovers. Um, so what do you think at 29? Uh, I actually had Tyrod a little farther ahead because he has a really, really good supporting cast. And I think that the Chargers could actually be a decent team um, this year. Um, obviously, like I said, I had Stidham at 29. 
being an unproven commodity. So, you know, I don't disagree with you there on Tyrod. He's definitely not anywhere near in the top half. So I'm going to kind of move on to my 28th ranked player, uh, ranked quarterback, and that is going to be another AFC East quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, this is a guy that lacks accuracy and has not really made tremendous strides. He is a great athlete and can really run the ball for a quarterback, but you don't trade up and draft the guy in the top 10 because he can run the ball as a quarterback. So for me, Josh Allen has not shown any development. If it's me and I'm picking between Jared Stidham and Josh Allen, who's going to be the better quarterback in five years, I'm going to go with Stidham by default because I don't think Josh Allen's going to be in the NFL anymore. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> you let me know who you have at 28. Yeah, at 28, um, kind of hurts. I put Ryan Fitzpatrick here at 28. Um, and again, we kind of – we we're kind of taking everything into consideration here in terms of, you know, their abilities, their, um, their age, um, the players around them. And so I put Ryan Fitzpatrick at 28. Um, and so, uh, you know, I put him here because, you know, we know there's Fitz magic. Um, the, the, the bad part is, you know, he, there's the ability for him to be Fitz dud. Um, so that's why I have him there. He's 37. He's a great guy. I love I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, um, his time's running out, especially in Miami with them drafting two out of five this year. Um, so that's why I put him at 28. Um, who do you have at 28? Well, I have Josh Josh Allen, like I said, at 28. So oh, 28. I Sorry. Don't, I don't. Yeah, it's okay. So um, you know, watching enough Dolphins highlights can mess up the brain a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I don't disagree with you there on Fitzpatrick. I have him a couple, couple spots ahead of you, so I'll get to him in a second. So, you know, right. for me moving to 27, um, I went with Sam Darnold of the jets. Now this is a guy that coming out of the draft, everyone hyped him up as, you know, possibly like the next Brett Favre. He was going to be, you know, the number one pick in the draft. Obviously that didn't turn out that way. Um, I still think there's time for him to salvage his career, but unfortunately he has Adam Gase as his head coach. So the chances of him ever living up to his potential are basically none. Uh, and, and as well, the jets really don't surround him with enough talent, but um, as you can see the theme here, no matter how we slice it, you know, we might be a couple spots off. The AFC East is absolutely wretched at the quarterback position, especially with Tom Brady gone to Tampa and, you know, we'll, you're going to have to wait a while for me to uh, say his name because I think he's going <laughs> to have an absolutely amazing season. So, for me, at 27, it's uh, Sam Darnold of the Jets. Who do you have? Yep, so at 27, uh, I kind of went, went with Gardner Minshew, um, and I really love Gardner Minshew, um, even though I have him so low on this list. Uh, but he is pretty high on my list for sophomore quarterbacks going into the year for 2020. Um the only problem I have with Gardner Minshew is that he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, now, he he had 21 touchdowns to six interceptions. I think those numbers are pretty good, especially for a rookie um, in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Um, you know, having Leonard Fournette, I feel like, kind of helped him. But, you know, now that they kind of want to play musical chairs with everybody on their team, uh you know, he's the guy. He's the guy going forward. There's no other quarterback on that roster other than Joshua Dobbs, who I don't know if most of you know who he is. Um, so he's he's there for me at 27. Um, at 26, um, might be kind of a surprise. I have Derek Carr. 
Um, Derek Carr almost won the MVP, I believe, in his second year in the league with the Raiders. Um, but ever since then, he has not been um, anywhere near as good as you know that year, um, especially in Oakland. Um, with John Gruden, I felt like he should be performing a lot better than what he is. Um, but unfortunately, it's a little lackluster there. Um, so who do you have at 26? Well, at 26, I actually have the guy you just talked about, and that's Gardner Minshew. Like you said, he actually had a really promising rookie season, came out of nowhere as a sixth-round pick. I'm not going to call him the next Tom Brady, but considering <laughs> you know the infrastructure he had around him, when you look at that touchdown-interception ratio, the big plays, his ability to uh, make plays with his feet, I think there's a lot of upside there. Just like you said, the sad fact is that he plays in Jacksonville. Um, but the guy has an awesome mustache at the end of the day, so he's got that going for him. So um, I had him at 26. Then um, next at 25, um, I had a guy you already talked about, Tyrod Taylor. I kind of threw Justin Herbert in that mix there. Right. Not really sure if uh, he might end up beating him out or if they want to let him stay on the bench and learn. Um, I think Tyrod is solid, but as you can see, he kind of has limited upside at this point of his career. He does benefit from having a very, very good supporting cast with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, um, Austin Eckler. You know, they have a really good – set of uh weapons for him but ultimately i think tyrod taylor is what he is at this point that's a guy that you know is kind of that veteran stopgap, but he's uh not going to do anything more than that so that's who i have at 25 yep um i agree um you know i, I do kind of like tyrod taylor unfortunately that's how my list played out um so at 25 i have teddy bridgewater um i have you know, he had a nice season with the Saints go there. I think he went like 5-0 and or something like that while he started. Um, the only negative there is you don't know how much of that was him, how much of it was Sean Payton. Um, you know, obviously with the Saints, he has a very high-powered offense there. Um, so I feel like most quarterbacks, if you plug in there, probably will have a successful time there. Um but, you know, obviously, I really like Teddy Bridgewater. I liked him as a rookie with the Saints. I think we were all very upset when uh, he kind of hurt his knee in the fashion that he did. A lot of us thought that he would never play football again. Um, so I'm very happy that he is now going to be the starter there for the Carolina Panthers. Um, he's only 27, so still relatively young. Um, unfortunately, I do have a few question marks for him. Um, but I hope that he can, you know, establish himself as one of the better starting quarterbacks of this league. Who do you have at uh, – are you are you at 25 yet? You're at 25, right? We're at 24. So, okay. Um, at 24, I had actually Fitzpatrick, who you've okay. already covered. Yep. Um, I'm not – you're not too far off on Bridgewater. I have him a couple spots ahead. Um, so, for me, you know, 24 Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins, an underrated receiving core. So, this is a guy that – you know, doesn't lack ability. It's just consistency. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dolphins make some noise as as we'll eventually get to in our AFC East episode. So for me, um, that's a pretty easy one there. You know, you kind of just like Tyrod Taylor, you know what you're getting. It's a veteran stopgap. They can make plays. But um, unlike Tyrod Taylor, Fitz, Fitzpatrick turns the ball over quite a bit. And, you you know, you, you just don't know if you're going to have a six touchdown day or five interception day. But um, he's not that bad, and I don't disagree with Bridgewater. Like I said, um, you'll hear my thoughts on him very shortly. All right, yeah. So at 24, um, I have Daniel Jones. I'm obviously a bit higher on him than you are. 
Um, he's another young quarterback that had a pretty decent rookie, um, uh, a rookie season there, um, especially if you consider the kind of offense that he had uh, with not many playmakers. Um, obviously, he has Saquon Barkley there, uh, but he missed a few games there with an injury that you know would have knocked him out, would have knocked any other running back out for the whole year. Saquon Barkley is just an absolute stud. Um, and recovers in like four weeks and comes back and continues to ball out. But we're talking about Daniel Jones here. Um, and so um, I thought he had a pretty good season considering, you know, the Giants and their anemic offense there. Um, so I, um, did you did you say your 24th quarterback? I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Fitzpatrick. Okay, got it. So now we're going to 23. Um, and at 23, I have Joe Burrow. Um, I, I know that. That's just wrong. That's yeah. just wrong. I know. I know. I know it's low. I know it's freaking low, but I'm trying to stay consistent here. If I put Stidham at 29, I have to do this to Joe Burrow. Um, I really like Joe Burrow. He had the best college season of all time. There's no doubts about that. Um, and so I really like the team that he's going to in Cincinnati. The question line is a big issue. Um but I do think that they have a lot of playmakers with A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon being able to run the ball there. Um, I just – I have to stay consistent, man. I know he's really low there. Um, but what do, you, what do you think? What do you have at 23? Um, at, well, first of all, you're blatantly disrespecting the greatest college quarterback of all time. Uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow is going to have to wait quite a long time for me to talk about him because he's not anywhere near the 20s or – or the teens um, at 23. I have a guy that deserves to be there, which is, you know, in the land of mediocrity. And that's Derek Carr. Um, basically a guy that had one good season. Um, captain check down somehow that, I mean, he has great completion percentages, but when you're throwing, you know, little dump off passes to running backs all day, I mean, it's not really hard to do that. Um, even, you know, <laughs> even Ryan Fitzpatrick can do that most of the time. So at 23, I have Carr and the Raiders. I don't really, you know, we I'm not a huge fan of Henry Ruggs as far as his fit with Derek Carr's arm, which, um, you know, considering that he averages like four yards per completion, I don't understand why you wanted to go get a guy that specializes in deep deep balls. So for me, Derek Carr, just there's no upside there at this point of his career. He is what he is. Um, not a bad quarterback, but basically I, I kind of equate him to like Joe Flacco, but not as unlikable at this point. So, cause I hated Joe Flacco. Um, yeah. Well, so who, who likes checks, him to be yeah, real? Derek Carr checks in at 23. <laughs> so right. um, moving on to 22 for me at number 22, I had Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I know you had him a little bit lower, but we're basically in the same range. Um, a guy that, like you said, is coming off, you know, a decent season with the saints where he filled in for Drew Brees. Um, we talked a lot about the Panthers in our last episode, episode seven covering the NFC South where the, the Panthers are a team with, you know, kind of like a blank slate to some degree. We don't really know what they're going to be or what they're going to look like, what their offense is going to look like. But Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that has won when he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. So you got to give that to him. You know, he looked like a franchise guy before he hurt his knee. I think 22 is a perfect spot for him. And you had him, I believe, at 24, which isn't bad, where, you know, he could really make a jump up this list into like the top half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. But right now he's kind of like in that, in that middle zone where you're not quite sure what to do with him. You, you know, the Panthers should feel fairly comfortable with him as a starter, but at the same time, I don't think there's any guarantee that he's going to be around for the entirety of that contract. 
So for me at 22, Teddy Bridgewater fits in perfectly. Um, you know, he's definitely more talented and more proven than some of the guys below him. But at the same time, um, he doesn't have nearly the same track record as, um, you know, a bunch of the guys above him who have been starters for quite some time or are guys that are just much more talented. So, um, you know, who do you have at 22? Yeah, so at 22, I have a guy here that um, – and, you know, this is, this is definitely the hardest part of this list, especially since we're kind of in that, like, mid-tier of quarterbacks. Um, so this is definitely the hardest part when I was trying to make a list to do. Um, and so without further ado, my 22nd quarterback is Drew Locke. Um, and I want to have him so much higher on this list, but again, like I just, you know, it's one year, it's one year. I really like the tape that he has. Um, unfortunately his rookie season was cut short. Um, but I think the Denver Broncos really did find their franchise quarterback here. Um, I want, you know, trying to do this list, I watched a lot of tape. Um, and you know, the, the ability to just go through all of your reads that, you know, he was able to do, um, in his first year in, in Denver, um, especially this year going forward when they drafted all these wide receivers, they're clearly building around Drew Locke. Um, so it, it really does suck to have him so long on this list, but there's just, uh, trust me, there's quarterbacks up top that I just, I couldn't have lower just in respect to the things that they've accomplished in this week. Um, so he's the, obviously the face of the Denver Broncos. Um, and uh, unfortunately his, his rookie season was cut short, so we couldn't really see much more of Drew Locke. So that's why I kind of have him there at 22. Um, so at 21, um, I have my boy, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, again, we, we have to take into consideration the things that they were able to accomplish last year. Um, and you know, when Marcus Mariota was a quarterback of this team, this team was absolutely atrocious. Um, and then to see Ryan Tannehill step in there and, you know, execute that play action passing game, um, you know, it's again, it's, and this is probably more of a tribute to Mike Vrabel, um, and their offensive coordinator there in Tennessee, his name, I think it was, who, who, do you know their, I, I don't know. But, Arthur Smith. He sounds Ar like a guy that should work at a museum, not a <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so obviously when you do these lists, you have to take everything into consideration, obviously, as I said. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, you know, he was able to take him within one game of the Super Bowl. He knocked out your New England Patriots. I'm sorry to have to say that. Um, but you know, obviously a lot of people will point to Derrick Henry, but you know, you have to be able to like dissect quarterbacks and watch what they do. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill had very good numbers there when he came in, he had 22 touchdowns to only six interceptions. And I think he started like the sixth, sixth game in, um, and obviously the Tennessee Titans agree cause they paid him this off season. Um, so, uh, who do you have at 21? Yeah, so I'm not going to waste too much time because we actually basically had the two guys flip-flop. So at 21, okay. I had Drew Locke, and at 20, I had Ryan Tannehill. So um, right. for me, Drew Locke, I really liked what the Broncos did this offseason in the draft, um, adding weapons for him. So I think that's going to be a chance for him to really take off with Courtland Sutton, and they have um, – the first round tight end that they drafted last year. Yeah, no offense. No offense. Um, yeah. So I really like what they did there. We obviously saw them attack the wide receiver position in the draft. So for me, I think the Broncos are a team that people shouldn't be sleeping on. You know, Jerry Judy is 
the best re- receiver in the draft. KJ Hamler was another second round guy. Yep. Um, so I think he's going to have a good chance to take off and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And then at 20, um, I had Tannehill. So, you know, basically we think the same thing about both of them. Um, for me, I think Tannehill kind of, I think everything just kind of came together last year. I think ultimately he's not going to live up to the contract. Um, I don't love the receivers they have there. I think Corey Davis was like a huge reach and he's not really worth the draft pick they, they spent on him. I love AJ Brown. I think he's an absolute stud. Um, but for me, you know, both of them are guys that you can win games with, but I think Drew Locke has a lot to prove as far as, you know, longevity, but I think Tannehill is, uh, a guy that you can win with, but someone that you probably will always consider um, replacing down the line, if that makes sense. You know, you're not yeah. going to be fully comfortable with him as like the guy, but you can get by with him for a while. Um, so for me, those are where, what I have. Drew Locke at 21 and Tannehill at 20. Yep. Um, so I totally agree with you. And you kind of you kind of saw that towards – I don't want to spend too much time around Tannehill, but – I feel like I need to have said this because I've defended him for so so many years down here. Um, and you kind of saw the culmination of it happening when he was leading that Dolphins team to the playoffs. Um, and he was clicking and everything was going. And then all of a sudden he tears his ACL and misses the game against the Steelers. The year is escaping me, but, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan, you should know exactly what I'm talking about. And Matt Moore came in and did – a solid job, but obviously didn't do enough to win the game. I think if we had Ryan Tannehill in there, I think we're talking about a different story. Anyways, so at 20, um, I have Sam Darnold. Um, and, you know, again, has all the talent in the world, Sam Darnold. Unfortunately, like you said, he plays for the Jets. Um, the thing that I find so appealing, though, um, is that he's only 23 years old and he's going into his third season in the league. So, um, you want to talk about rookie quarterbacks going from year one to year two? Well, the bump is the curve is even higher when they go from year two to year three, um, and I feel like you'll kind of see that with Baker Mayfield, um, and he's higher up on my list. Um, but that's just my general point there as to why I made that with him going into year three. Um, unfortunately, he does play for the Jets, so I could see why you had him a little lower on your list. Um, but I really like Sam Darnold. I think he can make every throw. I think he's very athletic. Um, he's big, and I just I just really like Sam Darnold. Unfortunately, he plays for the goddamn Jets. Um, you already said you're 20. I'll go to 19 real quick. Another guy that you're not too high on, unfortunately. Um, I feel like he has accomplished a lot, um, and that's Josh Allen. Um, he's a big athletic quarterback with a cannon, obviously. Um, stop me if you've heard all that before. Um, and amazingly enough, he needs to get more done through the air. Like you said, um, I completely agree with that. He is kind of more of a running quarterback and we know those kinds of quarterbacks don't last long in this league. Um, but you know, you can't deny his, you know, his running ability and he, he, he rushed for like a hundred yards in like five straight games or something like that last year, which is impressive for a quarterback. Um, but, you know, I have to have Josh Allen there. I think the Bills are going to have a great season this year. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about the Bills because we still have to go into the AFC East. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Who do you have at 19? Um, at 19, I have a one of the guys that's been around the longest, I think, since uh, we started this list. So this is kind of like my lowest ranked, like veteran, veteran, veteran quarterback. This is Phillip Rivers uh, for the 
Okay. Colts. Um, yep. Now, this is a guy coming off one of the worst seasons of his career um, through a ton of interceptions, which has kind of been a little bit of a theme throughout his career. He's the guy that isn't afraid to take a deep shot. Um, now, for me, I, I, I think the Colts are a solid team, but, you know, T.Y. Hilton's getting up there in age. Phillip Rivers is coming over after playing his entire career in basically one system. He's joining a team that is young. They got Michael Pittman in the second round. They spent the second rounder on Paris Campbell last year who didn't really do much. The tight end position is okay, not amazing. Running backs, you know, they got Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor alike. But to me, I, I have a feeling that Phillip Rivers is personally, I think he's kind of reached that cliff. And I think he's kind of always been a little bit overrated. He was like always a solid, a really good fantasy football quarterback. But to me, like always fell short in the playoffs. His team never won anything in Sandy in San Diego and Los Angeles with the chargers. Um, I just think he's kind of like heading towards like the cliff at this point. So I have him kind of lower at um, number 19. Okay. Yeah. I have, a, I have him actually a lot higher. I think, you know, without going into it so much, uh, I, I agree with you. I think he did have a bad off a bad year last year, but I think it's more of a culmination of the team. Um, but um, at 18, I have Jared Goff, um, and I feel like I probably should have ranked him a little lower. Here's why I didn't. Um, you know, he runs a sophisticated offense under Sean McVay, as we all know. Um, we always talk about Sean McVay and his offense, um, but it's going to be interesting to see here. Um, how it looks without having the threat of Todd Gurley. Um, as you can see, like, as Todd Gurley's health has diminished, so has this offense under Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Um, but he is only 25. Um, he has done a lot in this league. He threw for almost 5,000 yards this past year. Um, and so, you know, obviously I put him there due to respect. Um, who's, who do you have at 18? Um, at 18, I have Jared Goff. And this oh, is a guy. There yeah, go. this is a guy that um, I've never really been high on. I think he was overrated coming out of college. I think he's only looked really good in that system. Um, I totally they, agree with you. They totally traded. Agree. Yeah, they traded Brandon Cooks. Um, they got rid of Todd Gurley. Their offensive line is not very good, and it's kind of declined. So for me, I, I you know I liked Van Jefferson. You know them adding him in the second round, and you you're really high on Cam Akers in the second round, but. Um, not only looking at this season, but just overall from a talent perspective, I don't think Jared Goff is anywhere near a top 10 talent. Um, I think he's a product of the system and I think the Rams are going to really regret that contract that they gave him because it's going to cost, it's cost them other players. And ultimately I don't think he's good enough on his own to carry that team. Yeah. Especially since he was drafted first overall in that draft. In, right. What was it? 2016. Right. Definitely not what you want to see from a quarterback going into what year five, I think it is, or year four, maybe. Yeah. Year um, five. Yep. Yeah. So he's definitely, he definitely should be a lot higher. I totally only have him there due to what he has accomplished so far. Um, so at 17, um, we're kind of getting into the like meat and potatoes of all this. Um, and I have um, uh, Baker Mayfield here. Um, if only he could just stop making excuses and just ball out. Um, I love his gamer mentality. Um, I love how he planted that fucking flag. Um, and, you know, he's just as, as you'll probably get to know more about it. 
about me, I should say, um, I just love gaming gamers. Like the if if they're competitors, dude, and they go balls to the wall, like it just gets me going. Uh, he had a great rookie rookie season, obviously with Lamar Jackson. He and he they battled it out. Um, obviously Lamar Jackson won that bout, but um, you know I I do he had he regressed last season, but like I said. Um, quarterbacks going into year three usually trend upwards. He did have some kind of breaking news this past week, I think, when he said that he's going to start talking less. I don't, it's not that we want you to talk less, Baker, it's that we just want you to ball out because the Cleveland Browns are absolutely stacked on offense, and we'll go into it when we talk about the AFC North. But like that team, it should be studded out. You should have no other excuses but to ball out. Um, I like Baker Makefield a lot as a quarterback. Um, unfortunately, there's I think there's 16 better quarterbacks here for him. So who do you have at 17? Yeah, I have another AFC North quarterback, and actually he is the lowest-ranked AFC North quarterback in my rankings, and that is Ben Roethlisberger. So okay. obviously this is a guy that has a much longer track record of success than any of the other guys in his division. But he's coming off a, a season where he only played two games. He had to get elbow surgery. This is a guy that's going to be – uh, he's 38 years old, uh, has never been a guy that's in great shape or taking good care of his body. Supposedly has, you know, done, done well to get in shape, you know, since then. But um, I just feel like he's another guy that's kind of nearing the end. And I just don't have a lot of faith that he's going to suddenly turn it around after missing that entire season, essentially, because he's never been a guy that's been ahead of the game as far as like taking care of his body and never been like that Tom Brady Drew Brees type to be obsessive about working out and staying in shape. So um, for me, I think Big Ben is just like a total, a total question mark at this point of his career, considering his age, his injury history, and then like the surgery on, on his elbow. The Steelers also didn't really add much in the draft in the way of offensive help. They did take Chase Claypool in the second round, but he's kind of like this tweener wide receiver tight end. Um, James Washington had a nice year, but again, like that was without Ben. Juju looked really good as a rookie and just really hasn't done that much since then um, has had injuries himself. Uh, so for me, uh, Ben Roethlisberger checks in at 17, which is probably lower than most people thought, but to me, he's just a total question mark. And I think the age and injuries have to be taken into account here. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing too, is I have Ben Roethlisberger here at 16. Um, and, you know, obviously I, you know, you just went into it. You know, he had an off year when he was injured um, and a bunch of questions about how serious he is about returning to play football. Um, they're all there. Um, as you said, you know, he's he's said and done a lot of things this season to, I guess, reassure the Pittsburgh Steelers that he is 100% in. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger. He has the talent. It's undeniable. Um and, you know, I really think highly of the Steelers this season going into it. Of course, it all it all boils down to Ben Roethlisberger and his ability to stay injured. I mean, <laughs> injured. His ability to stay healthy, as we saw um, this past year. Um, when their team actually wasn't that bad. I think they finished 9-7. and seven, So it would be interesting to see um, how Ben Roethlisberger um, is able to improve that record. Um, so who do you have at 16? At 16, I have another quarterback from the North, but this is going to be from the NFC, and I have Kirk Cousins. Um, I think this is literally okay. the most perfect spot to put him 
because although he is the highest paid player in the NFL, which you can check out on my article on sportscasting.com, the guy made $60.5 million from June 2019 to June 2020. I think he's absolutely average. He has <laughs> never done anything in the playoffs. He's won one playoff game. He plays on a run-first offense where he actually threw the ball less times last year than any other time in his career, basically, as a full-time starter. Uh, they got rid of Stephon Diggs. I like Justin Jefferson, but Stephon Diggs is a proven commodity in the NFL. They play in a, a pretty decent division, with, with obviously, with the Packers, and the Bears have a great defense. Um, so, for me, I think Kirk Cousins is just right there. He's not elite. He's not top 10. He's not bad. He's just right in the middle of the pack. All right. Um, I have him a lot higher. We'll get there. Um, so at 15, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's the ultimate game manager, and I absolutely hate using terms like that. Unfortunately, I still use them. I don't know why. Um, but um, you you saw it in the Super Bowl. Like, it was clear as day. Um, you know, you're, you can have a quarterback that's not elite and get you to the playoffs. But as we've seen with the Tennessee Titans, as we've seen, you know, with plenty of other teams, um, if you don't have a quarterback that's going to make you plays, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't care how good their defense is. Um, it you know it, you have to have a quarterback that's going to make you plays. Um, and you know, with everything that I said about the San Francisco 49ers, I do I do love that team a lot. Um, but that's just where Jimmy G falls for me. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes this you know this season. Um, if he's able to finally take that leap to becoming an elite quarterback, he could definitely pull Bolt himself into the top five. Um, and I believe all it would take is winning a Super Bowl. Um, who do you have at 15? Um, I have Carson Wentz, actually. And this is a guy that uh, had a fantastic second season in the NFL, was an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, he obviously got hurt. And that's the main reason I have him ranked so low, where, you know, obviously a lot of people are really high on him and they think he's like, I'm one of them. The next coming of, I don't know, like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or something. I, I don't like the fact that the guy never stays healthy. Um, he's ended each of his last three seasons uh, injured. And I don't really love the Eagles offense at all moving forward. Um, you know, you look at that receiving core. Alshon Jeffrey's been injured. He's overpaid. Deshaun Jackson is old. Jalen Rager's their first round pick, a guy that like none of us really were super high on. They do have Zach, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, which is a nice tight end combo. But even outside of Miles Sanders, I don't really like anyone in their backfield. So for me, like his supporting cast isn't tremendous. And the fact that he just doesn't stay healthy, once again, like to me, that really matters for a quarterback. If, if, if even if they miss a game or two, that can make a difference between making the playoffs and, and missing. And for me, Carson Wentz just hasn't given me any reason to be confident that he can stay healthy. And now, granted, he did play all 16 games in the regular season last year. And to some degree, the, the injury that he had was that concussion because of Jadavion Clowney basically spearing him in the back of the head. But when you <laughs> yeah. end three straight seasons um, on, you know, injured, to me, like, that's, that's now a trend. That's not, like, an aberration. Um, and, and third of all, if you look at his statistics, you know, he's only hit 4,000 passing yards once, which was last year, and that came on 607 attempts. So he really hasn't, like – been this deep ball, big play guy that everyone thought. And for me, uh, I just think that the, the durability concerns have to knock him down out of the top 10 for me. 
Yeah, I hear you. Unfortunately, I have him a lot higher. Uh, so at fourteen, I got Philip Rivers. Um, he's he's obviously going to benefit from going um, from the Chargers, who I said um, kind of had like difficulties there with the head coaching and stuff. And, you know, I don't think Anthony Lynn's bad or anything. I just don't think that they had many things go their way. And I believe in the NFL, um, you know, it takes luck sometimes to um, play into there and it should be a factor. Um, But he's going from the Chargers to the Colts, who I think have, you know, a great lineage of being a pretty good team in the NFL um, obviously that went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and now Philip Rivers um, after like Jacoby Brissett and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, questions about his deep ball, obviously, as you mentioned. Um, but, you know, you, you, you don't throw for all those yards without being a good quarterback. And I think that Philip Rivers is definitely in my top 15. Um, uh, so I'm at 14. Um, so I'm getting to my – number 13 quarterback and it was really hard to put put him here especially since i've posted on facebook that he is my favorite quarterback not named Tua, um and that is kyler murray um i absolutely love kyler murray i love watching his film um if you haven't done so i strongly urge you to do it um he's obviously continuing with the trend of baseball players turned quarterback and that's something that i absolutely love um, he has the ability to run for a 50-yard touchdown or he has the ability to throw from, like, 70. Um, and, you know, I I don't think that quarterbacks necessarily have to have that behind-the-ear delivery that everyone always bitches about. Um, and you see it with Patrick Mahomes and you see it with Matthew Stafford. You know, successful quarterbacks find ways to get the ball to their quarterback. I don't – get the ball to their playmakers – um, and that's all it takes. That's literally the name of the game at quarterback position is throw the ball to your playmakers. Um, and so um, I, I truly believe that he's going to win an MVP. If, if, if he doesn't win it next year, he's definitely going to win it. Um, obviously, they added DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. Um, I absolutely love this player. Um, unfortunately, I had to put him at 13 because of the – the track record that all the quarterbacks above him have. Um, if you're going to give me shit for it, I will totally take it because again, I, I, I love Kyler Murray and you know, I want to be the first one of the first onto the bandwagon because this guy's an absolute stud. Well, if you were on the bandwagon, you wouldn't put him at 13. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be the one driving the Kyler Murray bandwagon. I so, know, dude. It hurts. So to just recap, um, at 14, I have Matthew Stafford, um, a guy that – Oh, my bad. Yeah, no worries. My bad, uh, yeah, so at 14, I had Stafford. You know, he missed, you know, half the season last year after basically never missing a game um, for the last seven, eight years. Uh, this is just a guy that I think is really underrated and very and should be more respected. But ultimately, he plays for a horrible team and a horrible head coach, as you can tune in and listen to from our. I NFC gave North him podcast. that respect, bro. I gave him that respect. I put him ahead of our boy Kyler Murray. Yeah. I gave it to him. Yeah, I gave. All I right? put him at fourteen. I just don't think the upside's <laughs> there anymore, and I think that their team is pretty awful. Um, at thirteen, I actually had Baker Mayfield. Um, this is a guy that like. I wrote an article for sportscasting.com. The Browns have invested $100 million essentially this offseason to give him all these upgrades. They drafted a first-round 
uh, tackle. They signed Jack Conklin. They signed Austin Hooper. They have they have uh, Njoku already. They obviously have the duo of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Uh, there's literally no reason that this offense shouldn't be scoring 30 points a game. Like on paper, they're literally fielding like almost an entire team of first and second round picks on offense with Nick Chubb in the backfield. There's no excuse for the Browns to not be an amazing offense this year. So I have Stafford and Mayfield at 14 and 13. Um, but really for Mayfield, it's all about, like you said, shutting up and, and doing the work and letting the results speak for themselves. So then at number 12, for me, I have Matt Ryan of the Falcons. And I think this is like the perfect spot for him. Uh, he's been in the league for quite some time. He's heading into, I believe, his 13th season with the Falcons, as we talked about in our NFC South podcast, which was episode seven. Um, they're fielding an entire starting lineup of first round picks on offense. So again, he doesn't have any excuse, but at the same time, we kind of know who Matt Ryan is at this point, a guy that puts up really good numbers in the regular season, very similar to Matthew Stafford, but he just doesn't unlike Stafford, who doesn't really get to the playoffs, which is more of a fault of his own team. Matt Ryan just really doesn't live up to the hype in the playoffs. And this is really a make or break year for him. Um, I mean, it's something, it says something like it's year 13 and make or break, but, I mean, the guy, I think, as we discussed, he has somewhat of a case to be a Hall of Famer, but he really needs to get that ring. I don't think the Falcons are going to do it, but they certainly have given him every opportunity with Gurley and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and trading for Hunt, uh, Hayden Hurst. They have multiple first-round picks on the offensive line. So for me, Matthew Sta- Math, uh, sorry, Matt Ryan at number 12 is kind of that perfect range for him. He's outside of the top 10. I wouldn't put him at an elite level anymore, but I think he's a very good quarterback. Yeah, and not to get sidetracked here, but I think it's a very valid question to ask. Um, I'll, and I'll give you my answer after I hear yours, but who's, whose offense do you think you would rather, like, who, whose offense would you rather have? Would you rather have um, the Cleveland Browns offense or would you roll with Atlanta and their offense? Um, I would definitely take the Browns because I think their offensive line should be stronger with their two tackle upgrades. I know Odell hasn't been the same for a couple of years, but I'll still take him and, and Jarvis Landry, that duo. Um, I I personally think Julio Jones is is a freak, but I don't I just don't think he's changed the game enough. Maybe that's a coaching decision or whatnot. I also think Nick Chubb is light years ahead of any running back that the the Falcons have. Todd Gurley's not the same guy. Um, and I think he's a real stud. And obviously, Austin Hooper came from the Falcons, so I, I I'll take him over over what they have there in Hayden Hurst. Um, yeah. So for me, I would personally go with the Browns. And I I on paper, the Browns should be amazing. Like I want to love that team, and I'm not even a Cleveland Browns fan, but I'm like, dude, like how do they not put this all together with the talent they have there? So for me, I have more ups- mm-hmm. I have more faith that the Browns will reach their ceiling than the Falcons, if that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I to- I totally agree with you. I think, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like that's just running back heaven right there and you're not going to be able to stop them running the ball if they choose to run the ball. And that's probably a knock on Baker Mayfield is that they throw too much instead of letting um Nick Chubb and uh Kareem Hunt do their job. But yeah, I agree with you. Cle- Cleveland Browns probably have the best offense um in the league other than uh Tampa, but we'll get there. Anyways, back to our QB list. Um, at number 12, I have my boy Matthew Stafford. Um, all the talent in the world. Um, in my opinion, he's the closest thing that we've seen to Brett Favre. Unfortunately, he is 32, so he is kind of going um, down that hill. 
Um, if we if we did this list maybe like three or four years ago, I'd have him much higher. He'd definitely be in my top ten. Um, but unfortunately, I have ballers up there. Um, uh, and unfortunately, he plays for the Detroit Lions. And you know, we see a lot with this list about how we like we want to like quarterbacks or how we don't like quarterbacks due to their offense. Um, and Matthew Stafford, you know, falls falls prisoner to one of those things. Um, so um, the I don't know. I'm sorry. I deviated so much. I don't know if you gave me your 12. Yeah, that was Matt Ryan. So then moving to number 11 okay. for me, uh, we're on number 11, getting close to that top 10 territory. I have uh, Jimmy G. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, basically has very limited starting experience in the NFL. You know, basically last year was his first year fully healthy. He, you know, performed, performed pretty well during the regular season, 27 touchdowns, just under 4,000 yards passing in a run first offense. I think that he gets too much flack for the Super Bowl performance. He really wasn't that bad. I mean, to me, it was the fact that the entire team collapsed against uh, Patrick Mahomes. If you were supposed to have the best defense in the NFL, you should have figured out a way to stop him in the fourth quarter. Um, the reason I have him right here so so close to that top 10 territory is that I think that their offense is perfectly built for him to succeed. They traded for Trent Williams, so that's, an, that's a nice you know, replacement for Joe Staley at left tackle. They have George Kittle, who I just wrote about to, um, for sportscasting.com, who I am 100% on board saying this, and I'm a Patriots fan till the day I die. I think that he has the talent, overall skill set, to be better than Rob Gronkowski, um, mostly because that he doesn't <laughs> have those injury issues that Gronkowski faced. And when you look at his production, the last two years, over 1,000 yards receiving as a tight end, 80-plus catches, he is an absolutely amazing run blocker, probably the best two-way tight end since Gronk and I really do think that if he's healthy and he's playing in that Shanahan system he's gonna be great but this is not about George Kittle it's about Jimmy G who Bill Belichick thought was the teacher <laughs> we should have kept on to him they should have never traded him they should have kept him and got rid of Tom Brady I'm saying it right now um but besides that, Ooh, besides that I love the receivers that they have Debo Samuel is a stud perfectly built for that offense perfect for Jimmy G who's very accurate very quick getting the ball out and also the guy they drafted in the first round Brandon Ayuk is like another perfect run after catch guy Jalen Hurd don't sleep on him third round pick last year missed the year with a back injury played running back in college and then transitioned to wide receiver huge athlete Dante Pettis also don't sleep on him second round pick from a few years ago I think Jimmy G, if he stays healthy and his weapons are healthy because they had some injury issues there at the running back's position last year and obviously had wide out. And with Kyle Juszczyk coming back, you know, fully healthy as well. I think Jimmy G makes a big leap this year. I'm still high on him. I think when Bill Belichick knew that this guy was the future, Kyle Shanahan can see that too. And I think he is in the perfect system for him to excel. So that's my guy at number 11. All right. I, I will do two things real quick. Um, we had a little news this off this this week, I think, about uh, George Kittle, and I totally agree with you. I love George Kittle. Um, do you pay him as a tight end? Do you pay him as a wide receiver? Uh, he's been saying that he wants to break banks. Um, and as a as a person that's pro player, um, you think that he's gonna? You think that he's worth all that money that he wants to get? One hundred percent. I think he's worth it. I think he does everything you can ask for of a tight end, and I think he should easily be the number one highest paid tight end. It's going, it's getting into that Gronk, Jimmy Graham, you know, situation when they were kind of negotiating contracts. But I think the 49ers, like if you're going to pay George Kittle, I think it's got to be somewhere in like that 
13, 14 million dollar range somewhere, even maybe even higher. I mean, wide receivers are making 20 million dollars nowadays. I think George Kittle is easily worth like 14 or 15 million. Yeah. And, you know, with that with that offense, I think that they use George Kittle more as a wideout anyway. So um, it's it's all up to GMs and how they're going to build their teams. Um, But getting back to this list um, at 11, I have Carson Wentz. Um, I think the world of Carson Wentz, unfortunately, the injury concerns are there, which is why I have him outside of my top 10. Um, he's big, accurate, obviously has a cannon, makes plays inside the pocket and outside of it. Um, you know, he'd be higher on this list if it weren't for the injury concerns, as we said. Um, obviously, the leadership questions came out a couple of years ago when Nick Foles led that team to beat the Patriots. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um and, uh, unfor- you know, he's done a little bit to kind of silence that a little bit. Um, but last year, the number that stands out to me is that he had 4,000 yards and not one of his wide receivers broke 1,000 yards. Um, so, to me, that's a little, like, what the fuck. But, you know, obviously he does throw the ball a lot. Um, but, you know, it is Carson Wentz. He, he, he's a gamer. Uh, he almost won MVP until he got hurt. And, you know, we know what Carson Wentz is. The only thing is he needs to stay healthy. Well, if he's able to stay healthy, we are no doubt talking top three quarterback with Carson Wentz. I think you would agree if he were to stay healthy. Um, did you, you, you popped off your number 11? Yeah, that was Jimmy G. So, uh, All right, we're going into top 10 territory, my guy. Let's do it. The, the, these are where the big boys play. Um, and you know, obviously I feel like our top 10 list is going to have the same players in it. Um, it's just a matter of where they fall. So I'll, I guess I'll start off with number 10. Um, I have a guy that I think you put at 16 or 17, I think it's Kirk Cousins. Um, and I have him here after, you know, betting on himself for two years with the franchise tag and in a shitty scenario with Washington. Um, Cousins is the first player to get that um, fully guaranteed contract, so I like what he did there um, in terms of what he did off the field and kind of on it, but for the majority of the contracts that he's able to sign um, opens the door for quarterbacks to be getting paid as as ballers and as they should. Um, You know, nothing necessarily jumps off at you other than he just puts up numbers um, and, you know, he's able to you know, Minnesota miracle he wasn't a part of, but obviously he um, was able to beat the Saints last year. Um, and so I I think that, you know, Kirk Cousins has done enough to put himself in the top 10 going forward. Um, we are a little bit down on the offense because they lost out on um, Stephon Diggs. Um, but I think – I don't think they're going to be missing much. We know that they're going to be playing – they're going to run the ball. They're going to be ground and pound. Um, with Dalvin Cook, um, and they still have Adam Thielen. They still have um, Irv Smith Jr., um, the tight end there that they drafted, who I'm actually pretty high on. Um, And, you know, when they drafted uh, Justin Jefferson, I thought that was a great pick. Um, So Kirk Cousins is is in my top 10 at number 10. Who do you got at number 10, breaking the bank? Yeah, at number 10, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. And this is purely based on Ooh, this is, let's go. Yeah, this is purely based on him just being an absolute savage. And um he's gonna be a stud in the NFL. He's a culture changer. I think he's going to be like the next Tom Brady. 
And I think that the Bengals are actually a team that could make some playoff noise this year, especially with the expanded format. When you look at his weapons, Joe Mixon is one of the most underrated talents in the NFL. I think he's going to be a stud. They have T. Higgins, who they drafted at the top of the second round. They have Tyler Boyd, who's a 1,000-yard receiver out of the slot. They have A.J. Green coming back fully healthy, hopefully. Um, you know, I don't love the offensive line, but Jonah Williams coming back from missing his rookie year, that helps that left tackle. This is more of like a long-term projection. At the same time, like I said, I think he's going to be really good as a rookie. Um, I'm just super – I'm all in on Joe Burrow. I think he's, like I said – multiple all pro guy and future MVP culture changer. If they can really devote the resources to build around them and, and have a good system, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And I just, I think this guy's the guy had the greatest season of all time in college and he went number one overall. I don't see how you could really knock him any lower than this. I think he's a stud. Um, And obviously I have him ahead of a lot of other guys with established track records but i'm i just think he's going to be amazing yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna knock it i know a lot of you guys are gonna think that it's 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 crazy for a rookie to break your top 10 but i you know if there ever was a sure thing i feel like it probably is joe burrow um especially since he has so much of that experience coming from like i think he played like five years in college so you know, he's not going to be necessarily green between the ears either when he steps in there in Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, I, I really like um, their head coach there. Uh, I think it's Jason Taylor. Um, Zach Taylor. And Zach Taylor, my bad. Jason Taylor played for your <laughs> team, but they probably suck so much while well, they're watching. That, that's why I was trying to remember his name because I know that he, you know, there's he played, he was also a quarterback's coach for the Dolphins too. So, you know, there's that. But, anyways. I digress. Um, I see why you put him there, and, you know, I feel like that's fine. Um, so, for number nine, I got uh, Matt Ryan. Um, I feel like you have to put Matt Ryan in your top ten list for quarterbacks. Um, he's proven quarterback. Uh, he has all the numbers, all the accolades. Um, the only thing that's missing is wins in the playoffs. Um, he had one good run in which he made it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, he ran into your pa- Patriots, and Tom Brady turned into a god. Um you know he he sh- he should have he just you mean should God have turned more. into Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, dude. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that, bro. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm not doing it. But <laughs> like you know, unfortunately, he did that. And you know, everyone says that they should have ran the ball. They should have ran the ball. No, it's Tom Brady. He took over, and that it is what it is. But I digress. Should uh, he just should have more playoff wins, man? And we talked about it when we went into the NF- NFC South about how Matt Ryan is constantly there. And you know, I have I'm going to put him at nine. I know the questions are there about how he's able to lead his team, but that you know, I have to have Matt Ryan there. Look at his numbers. I'm sure you'll agree. So at number nine, who do you got? Well, I'm going to go with a bit of a shocker, and um, this is probably going to either get us a lot of followers or we're going to have to shut down the podcast. But I'm putting Aaron Rodgers at number nine. Um, You can read about him. I've wrote a lot about him for sportscasting.com. We covered him in the NFC North. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to do only with Aaron Rodgers as a player, and it has a lot to do with his surrounding supporting cast and the direction of the team and all that. As we talked about drafting Jordan Love, didn't help him at all. They didn't really add any 
viable receivers to give him a boost, which they don't have an impressive receiving core outside of Devontae Adams. Uh, the tight end position, you have Mercedes Lewis atop the depth chart. That guy is like 60 years old. I don't know what they expect to get out of him. They drafted a running back <laughs> in the second round when they already had two good running backs. Aaron Rodgers also um, has had injury issues in the last few years. Last year he did stay healthy, but you know he's been banged up before. He um, averaged seven yards per attempt, which is you know a pretty low mark when you look at you know his prime, where he was averaging upwards of nine point two yards um, per attempt in two thousand eleven when he won MVP. Um, I just think that this is a team where they haven't really given an aging quarterback much help. And I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's kind of declined over the last few years quietly. And I think that played a significant role in them drafting Jordan Love, who I don't think was worth that pick. But to me, I just think when you're looking at this season in the future, I think Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. And I think um, based on his surrounding, you know, receivers and the infrastructure and the coaching and, you know, kind of the direction of the team. I'm just not high in him anymore. And I think that personally, I think he's always been very overrated um, for the fact that he doesn't stay healthy. He has one Super Bowl appearance and which he did win. That was a decade ago and they just never really lived up to the hype. So I personally think he's pretty overrated. I actually think that there are several other guys that are much better than him. And I have both older than him and guys that are younger that aren't nearly as proven that I'm much higher on this season. So I have Aaron Rodgers at number nine. Right. And, you know, to defend to defend you having Aaron Rodgers there, we are talking about um, everything because that's what goes into quarterbacks. Their scenario, their, their situations that they are in with their teams, how they're building around said player um, and things like that. So, you know, if that's where you feel like, Aaron Rodgers is to you, that's fine. Um, I I personally have him a lot higher. Um, and so uh, with number eight, it's not Aaron Rodgers. It is going to be Dak Prescott. Um, he should definitely be paid. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Jerry Jones. I feel like, and I've, I've heard this being said, if, he was, if Dak Prescott was Tony Romo, you'd have a contract already. I 100% agree. Um, but you know, unfortunately, he's in the situation that he's in. I know a lot is made up about um, his O-line and the weapons that he has with um, with Ezekiel Elliott, with Amari Cooper. Um, but the quarterback still needs to get the ball to his playmakers. Um, and you can't deny his 49, his 4,902 yards, which was second in the league. He had 30 touchdowns, which puts him at fourth in the league. His QBR stat at 20. At 70.2, sorry, which put him fourth in the league. So I actually feel like I put him a little lower on my list. But, um, again, I feel higher about the quarterbacks I'm about to name. Um, and, you know, a lot is made about the co- the contract that he's going to have. I don't think it matters what contract he's going to have because Patrick Mahomes is about to sign a contract that's going to rock all of sports, um, as he should. The guy's a fucking gamer, and we'll go into it later. Um, so I have Doc Prescott at eight. Um, and who do you have at number eight? Well, it's funny enough. This is the first time I think that we've agreed. I have him right there at number eight, and you've pretty much hit every point. I think the Cowboys would be smart to get him locked up, and I know they've had some negotiations going on for quite some time. Love his supporting cast. With you, When you add C.D. Lamb, I think he's going to take off to the, to the next level. So I'm going to just kind of move ahead to number seven. 
So it's actually funny that we agreed on that with Dak Prescott at number eight. I think that's the perfect spot for him. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked to see him take a huge step with that addition. Totally. Um, so Totally good step yeah, up. So yeah. at number seven, I actually have Deshaun Watson. And this is a guy who I would have higher if Bill O'Brien didn't try and destroy his career by trading away his best receiver. <laughs> so I personally would, would trade – three first round picks to get Deshaun Watson on the Patriots to be like their next quarterback. Dude, I think he's an, hands I think down, he's an absolute say, stud. Dude. He's a great leader. He's athletic. He's uh, tough. He has all the tools. And the only problem is his biggest tool is his head coach. So um, <laughs> I, I'm a little down on him compared to past seasons, just because I don't, I don't understand what the, the direction of the team is when you basically try and create, they basically have like three of the exact same receiver, which are like five foot nine, five foot ten guys that get injured with Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, and Brandon Cooks. Um, I'm not hot. Oh, and Will God. Fuller, who basically has like three awesome games and then does nothing the rest of the year. Uh, so for me, I'm a little down on that because of getting rid of one of the best receivers in football for David Johnson. So, but talent wise and like kind of like career outlook wise, I still think Deshaun Watson is. At number seven, might even be too low for him. Um, but when some of right. these older guys retire, I think he'll be up there. And, you know, hopefully Bill O'Brien doesn't, like, do anything else crazy, like trade Laramie Tunsil or something after just signing <laughs> But anything is possible. I, I would not put it past – I would not put it past him, dude. Bill O'Brien is just a complete shithead. Um, but you, we'll wait to see where I have him ranked. Um, at seven, um, I have Drew Brees, and I know he's – in the news this you know this week um i'm not we're, i don't know i don't want to go into it if you want to you can i don't i don't know what you want to do but anyways drew Brees. um obviously um <laughs> i wrote this i wrote this list before this happened um but i wrote uh you know that he's probably the best leader in pro football that's obviously gonna take a shot <laughs> um in terms of what he said this week um but anyways uh, he has amazing ability to read defenses. That part is not not questionable at all. Um, he throws with great accuracy and anticipation, um, and that's what it takes to throw slant routes. Ask Michael Thomas what he thinks about those. Um, <laughs> um, I'll never forget when um, the Dolphins had an opportunity to get him, um, but unfortunately I feel like if the Dolphins didn't get him, we're not talking about Drew Brees as, the, as we are now. Um, I think the marriage there with Sean Payton um, absolutely works. Um, And, you know, what else can I say about Drew Brees, man? He's the NFL leader in, like, almost every quarterback statistic. Um, It's unfortunate to hear what he said, but, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it. So that's who I have at number seven. Yep. Um, Well, that's funny because I actually have Brees at number six. Um, Okay. That's a guy that I think – you know, he's going to be around for probably one more year. They added Emmanuel Sanders. They have Michael Thomas. They have Jared Cook. They have a great offense in place, great offensive line, Alvin Kamara. Um, this is really like his last shot at the Super Bowl. He won one, you know, over a decade ago. So we'll kind of see if that happens. Not going to get into his personal stuff too much, but we have been covering it a lot on sportscasting.com. Um, so for me, Breeze checks in at number six. So who do you have at number six? Uh, at number six, I have your boy, Tom Brady. Um, and, you know, I have him at six, but he can no doubtably be the best quarterback. Like, he could be number one 
Um, and it all pertains to him winning the Super Bowl and obviously beating um, Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, the only reason why I have him here is because of the age. Um, the GOAT, um, he's, no one is more cerebral in the game. Great competitor, throws with great accuracy and anticipation, as I said. Um, he, he's going to have great weapons this year. I think the best that he's probably ever had. Um, the only other time that he's had weapons on this spectrum is when he had Randy Moss, and I always forget that year. Um, I do, too. I try, uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see We'll see how he does this year. Um, as I said, time is ticking. Um, but um, that's just who I have at number six. And at number five, I have arguably his counterpoint – counter, like um, – his counterpart in Aaron Rodgers, I know Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were, are always going to be compared to each other um, because Aaron Rodgers has all the talent in the world um, and he hasn't been able to win. He's only been able to win one Super Bowl, as you mentioned. Um, but uh, I just – he has amazing talent, dude. Like, in my opinion, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes now that could throw the way that Aaron Rodgers throws – um, and it's all evident as, like, every highlight you see, you see Aaron Rodgers roll to the left and just flick the ball, and that shit takes off and goes 70 yards. We've seen it with all the Hail Marys that he throws to win games at the end of them. Unfortunately, none of them equate to Super Bowls. Uh, but he has elite ability to not throw any turnovers, man. This guy does not throw any turnovers. I think he has, like, three or 400 touchdowns, and he – I think either has a hundred interceptions or like doesn't even break triple digits there. Um, so, you know, I have Aaron Rodgers at five. Who do you got? Yeah, you actually are right about Aaron Rodgers with the, the, the turnovers. He's actually uh, only 84 picks and 364 touchdowns. So it's amazing. Yeah. The ball, the ball security. Um, so for me, I have my boy, my God, my Jesus, Tom Brady at number five. Um, the Bucks, I think we've <laughs> nice. talked about them in the last episode. They have a loaded offense. Uh, would it be surprised to see Tom Brady storm back and win the MVP and be the number one fantasy quarterback and lead the Bucks to the playoffs, if not deeper? The issue, obviously, being his age. He'll be 43 this season. He's coming off his worst season in the NFL, arguably, since his, you know, he took over as a starter, uh, you know, two decades ago. So you kind of got those factors going against you. But ultimately, I think a lot of that had to do with the weapons that he had or the lack thereof and the direction of the offense. So I'm super high on him having, like, this crazy rebound season. And I will never doubt him or ever count him out, Um just being a Patriots fan, I've literally seen him do the impossible when they came back against the Falcons. That was the greatest game I've ever seen. They had like a 96% chance of losing and they came back and won. So I have Brady at number five and that's um, pretty much like my biggest veteran quarterback that's up there. So at number four, and this is where you want to talk about being on a hype train. I am the conductor of the <laughs> Kyler Murray hype train. All right. This guy is, re is united with, Cliff Kingsbury, who would basically throw the ball 50 times a game if he could. And I think that's exactly what they should do this season because you just stole DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. You got rid of a overpaid, slow, terrible running back in David Johnson to get the best receiver in football. Um, you add that to Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, who I think is very underrated, who I think is going to be really good um, in his third season. 
They also drafted a bunch of other receivers last year. Andy Isabella was a second-round pick, speedster down the field, kind of had some injury issues. I think he could be a breakout candidate. I uh, don't love the tight ends they have there at all, but it doesn't matter because you could literally just throw to receivers all day. They also have Kenyon Drake, who has, you know, as a Dolphins fan, you saw, you know, he flashed a lot of potential. And then once he got out of Adam Gase's, you know, doghouse or just being under Adam Gase in general, he, he took yeah. off. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray is a fantastic prospect entering his second season, elite athlete. Yes, he's small, but the guy can run. He has a cannon for an arm. He got drafted to play baseball as well. He was a stud in college when he went to Oklahoma, which I wrote about for sports casting. You know, they basically Lincoln Riley churned out Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts in successive years, which is amazing. Um, and they all three of them were transfers, which is even more impressive. So I'm super high on Kyler Murray. I think that he's gonna, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, in a division that I think, besides San Francisco, is wide open because I don't think the Seahawks. I think as we discussed on our podcast episode about the NFC West, I think the Seahawks are kind of like that nine and seven ish team. I don't think they're elite really other than Russell Wilson. Um, And I think the Rams are taking a step back. So I think the, I I'm super high in the Cardinals this year. I mean, their defense is not amazing, but you did add Isaiah Simmons to Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. And, you know, I think, I think the Cardinals offense is going to be awesome this year. So I have him at number four and I think long-term Kyler Murray is going to be, like a Lamar Jackson, like a Patrick Mahomes. I think he's like a huge game changer MVP candidate every year. I think he's going to be like a faster Russell. I Wilson. know. And I, I think they're building the team 14, exactly how they should around. Him. I know I did that or 13. Sorry, but I totally agree with you, bro. Like the hype is real with Kyler Murray. I've totally drank the tea. Um, and I'm, he's definitely my second quarterback behind Tua Tungavailoa. But, you know, I didn't reflect it in my list. I know I'm going to get shit for it. But, hey, that's just, you know, that it just comes with the territory. Um, I guess at number four, um, I have Deshaun Watson, another quarterback that kind of falls into that Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, um, all those kinds of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, that can move, make plays inside the pocket and out of it. Um, you know, unfortunately, his fucking coach is Bill O'Brien and his GM is Bill O'Brien. And like you said, like you got rid of probably the best receiver in the league and someone that is no doubt was Deshaun Watson's number one receiver. And, you know, I, I, I'm assuming they're best friends, dude. Like this guy has made him so much money. They've both made each other really good. Um, And, you know, he had just an unbelievable game against the chiefs until that the Texans freaking shot the bed and let the, let the actual God and Patrick Mahomes back into the game. Um, And, you know, the rest is history. Um, you know, he's a lot like Russell Wilson, as we'll talk about later in this podcast, um, um, but a little less so, obviously. Um, and so this year is going to be telling, dude, if he's able to keep it up with the weapons that he fucking has, dude, like he also has the potential to move up this list. Um, but, you know, as you said, as I said, Bill O'Brien is there and that's going to be crippling, dude. Um, so at number three, these are the big boys. I feel like we have them ranked. Um, probably the same. If not, it's going to be a shocker. Um, but at number three, um, I have to go with Russell Wilson here. Um, 
no one does what Russell Wilson does with with le- with as less as he does it. Um, his best receiver is little Tyler Lockett, who a lot of people thought was only a slot weapon. Um, boy, were they wrong. Um, he has he he does have some other decent weapons, you know. Obviously, um, oh my God, his name is drawing a blank. DK Metcalf, sorry. Uh, DK Metcalf is absolutely bionic, um, and he had a pretty good um, rookie off season, uh, rookie season. Sorry, um, we all know that uh, he needs work running his routes, but that's beyond the point. Russell Wilson is an absolute beast. Um, he definitely deserves the top three spots, whichever one you want to put him. I don't have a problem with it. Um, he has amazing deep ball accuracy. Um, he's a playmaker. He's, he's a scrambling extraordinaire. His escapability is amazing. And as, as a little guy, like he is to be able to run the ball and never get blasted or take the big hit. I think it's probably such an underrated stat, um, characteristic for him playing the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, I want to leave you a little bit to say about Russell Wilson when you get to say it. So um, I'll stop there. I'll stop fanboying on Russell Wilson. Um, so who do you got at number three? Yep. Well, I have the exact same guy as you, and I'm almost 100% sure we're going to have the same top three. Yeah. So I'm going to pretty much roll out with my remaining. Obviously, Russell Wilson at number three. Excellent leader. Um like you said, has done more with less than anyone else. They've never really surrounded him with a great offensive line or, or talent at wide receiver. I don't, they, their drafting has actually gone off the cliff in the recent years compared to how they built their team originally. Um, but he's still, to me, that's a guy that if, I mean, I think if he was on a team that had um, a better coaching and offensive infrastructure, I think he'd be a multiple time Super Bowl champion. I think he's an absolute stud and, they absolutely made the right decision to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL when they did. Um, so then obviously at number two, I got to go Lamar Jackson. The guy came out of nowhere last year and just exploded to change the league. Much like the guy we have obviously at number one in Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, I don't think there's any surprise that our top three is the same. Um, it's really all about those guys before that, where we have some differing opinions, which I think just shows, you know, how, you know, the NFL, situation and and your surrounding cast and your coaching and you know everyone has a different flavor but the top three to me are so clear that it's russell wilson lamar jackson and mahomes i think jackson um you know does have some holes in his game but as an athlete he's unquestionably the best one in the nfl especially at the quarterback position total game changer he still has upside they're still building that offense around him marquise brown if he's healthy can be a game changer for him with that arm and the guy, as long as he can stay healthy, has a chance to become one of the best quarterbacks of all time and just an absolute game changer. And then for me, obviously, I'll, you know, I'll let you take over to give your thoughts. But for me, obviously, Mahomes is number one. This is a guy that is going to get the largest contract in NFL history. They should just give him part ownership of the Chiefs at this point. The guy has zero holes in his game. He is the most electrifying player in the NFL. Um I grew up as a Patriots fan, obviously, and I always, you know, had respect for Peyton Manning and, you know, kind of knew that he was a thorn in our side. Patrick Mahomes is at an entirely different level because physically there's nothing this guy can't do. He also can run the ball when he needs to. He's mobile enough. 
And they also have built their team exactly to fit their quarterback skill set. They're just all about speed, speed, speed. And I think that's exactly what these teams like the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and the, and the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, even to a lesser degree, you see what the Cowboys are doing by surrounding Prescott with weapons, um, Jimmy G surrounding him with weapons. I mean, they're doing everything right. The Chiefs are a force to be reckoned with. As a Patriots fan, I have to say that they are the team to be – they are quite possibly the new version of them as far as a dynasty because Mahomes is easily the best quarterback prospect, best quarterback in the NFL, and I think he very well could win four or five Super Bowls if the Chiefs keep it together. So for me, that top three, obviously, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, you can't go wrong with any of the three. It's pretty cool to see that they're all kind of at somewhat different stages of their career. Russell Wilson's been around for a little while. Lamar Jackson kind of came out of nowhere as a one-year wonder. Mahomes, for the two years he's been there, has been a game changer. He was an MVP, took everyone by storm his first year. And then last year, he didn't have great stats because of some injuries, but he got it done when it mattered. He already won a Super Bowl, but and I think he's only 24 years old uh, or maybe 25. So it's just amazing to think that if he could ever sustain that and be able to stay healthy and take care of his body like Tom Brady has, the guy has like 18 more years to catch up to Tom Brady age-wise. Yeah, and as somebody that just absolutely loves the quarterback position, um, you know, watching the NFL is just heaven due to these top three players. Um, even the top 10, man, like this list was really difficult to make. Um, and it had so many different options to put so many different people in different spots. Um, and you know, just that our top three is, you know, I feel like it's pretty universal. Um, so I'll go into Lamar Jackson at number two. Um, you know, obviously he's last year's MVP. He's the best running quarterback in the league since Michael Vick, one of my absolute favorite quarterbacks of all time and Michael Vick. Um, you know, offense is being perfectly tailored to him, as you said, with the drafting of uh, Marquise Brown. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is another stud. Um, and so, you know, his throw, his ability to throw the football is probably his only hole, and it's getting better. The guy led the league with 36 touchdowns, dude, and he only had six interceptions. And I'm telling you that his throwing is going to get better. I think that a lot of people would say that um, his his throwing is probably, like, not even his best trait, and those are the numbers that you have there with Lamar Jackson. Um, and, of course, we've all seen that run against the Cincinnati Bengals where he went complete Madden on him. Um, and, you know, obviously I love that he and, he and Patrick Mahomes, this is going to be a rivalry, like you said, of the Tom Brady and, and uh, Peyton Manning. Obviously, you know, like last year or two years ago, we were, you know, we were worried that we wouldn't find a QB rivalry like Tom Brady um, and um, Peyton Manning. And, you know, now that we have them as, you know, Lamar Jackson's only 23 and Patrick Mahomes is only uh, 24. So we're going to have we're going to be able to witness these guys create history for, you know, for for a long time to come. Um, and I'm totally here for it. I think that these two players are absolute beats. But let me go into my king of all kings, bro, Patrick Mahomes. I think this guy is an absolute just a 
dude like that we've never seen literally can do anything on the football field as a quarterback like I've never seen an NFL quarterback look one direction and throw the complete opposite direction dude and you know a lot of people were hating on him flaunting about like showing off and all that shit I don't give a shit Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that I have probably will be, um, and I know he's only been in the league for like three years or two years. Sorry, uh, but I, like like with LeBron James, dude, I like when I see it, I don't care about you know them putting in the work. Like I have zero zero doubts that this guy is gonna be a perennial like Pro Bowler, a perennial like name in the Super Bowl, just an absolute. Just an absolute player, dude. Like, this guy, it doesn't get better than Patrick Mahomes. Um, his ability to run the ball is also there. The Chiefs are building the team around him as they should. Um, he's going to change the game for NFL quarterbacks in terms of how they get paid. I don't, like, he. he there's never going to be a quarterback that's going to get paid more than Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's just my opinion. I think that he's going to get the first contract that he's going to actually get paid a percentage of the cap space, which I heard was very interesting. Um, so that number, every time, every year, the the cap goes up for the NFL. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is always going to be the highest paid quarterback of all time. Um, I have zero doubts about that. I can't say anything else like more positive about Patrick Mahomes. Absolute God. I can't wait to see him play. I really hope that this coronavirus does not stop us from watching these like young elite quarterbacks take over the world, dude. Like that's just how I feel. Um, I know I went in pretty deep about Patrick Mahomes. I know he's very young. Um, I don't care. I, I, Patrick Mahomes is going to be a beast. It is what it is, dude. So um, that wraps up our top 32. I know this podcast is a bit longer than uh, other episodes have been. Um, I don't know if you want to react on anything that I've said, Um if you if you want to go ahead. No, I mean I think you hit the nail on the head, and the and the great part is that there are so many young quarterbacks, and we we're going to see a changing of the guard with Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. I'd say all those guys are going to be gone. You know, at least maybe not Rodgers, but most of those guys are going to be gone in the next two three years. There's going to be a big transition there. Then we're going to see the next wave with. <laughs> With Mayfield, maybe Jared Stidham. Kyler Murray, bro. You know, your guy Daniel Jones. We got Tua from this year. We have Joe Burrow. Um, So, Kyler Murray. I mean, the the great part is I don't – I honestly think that this is probably the – an era where we have the most quarterback talent in the NFL, and it seems like most teams have someone there. I mean, you could make a case for pretty much maybe at least 25 of those teams that they have someone that they could say is a franchise quarterback. So it's going to just be exciting to watch football and watch these guys grow. You know, we kind of grew up in that era of watching Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Brett Favre and all these guys. And now we're going to be watching a whole new generation take over. So um, we'll, we'll be posting, you know, our lists on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tackles and turnovers um, so that you guys can kind of take a look at Andrew and I's list. And, you know, that way you can follow along when you listen to the podcast and you can weigh in with your thoughts. We'd love to hear your guys' list of the top 32. Let us know where you agree or disagree. Are we too high on somebody? Or do you agree with me that Kyler Murray's the shit? Or, you know, 
so we want to solicit your feedback. So please, you know, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, man. Follow um, us on all so the to close out this episode, and, um, um, you know, we love talking. Yeah, I know we guys. gave you guys a little treat here. Um, you know, we are in the off season of the NFL, and you know, uh, something else I want to give you guys a little news is that coaches are now going to be able to start going back to their facilities tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Steven and I, we're going to keep working tirelessly to keep coming up with new fun segments that we could throw at you guys. Um, and you know, we're totally invested in this podcast and we're going to try to make, we're trying to make it go a little bit onto like simulcam so we could, you know, maybe video chat as well. Um, we just have a lot of, uh, ideas for this podcast, um, so we hope that you guys come around for the ride. Um, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. We're literally everywhere you can find a podcast. You can find us, Tackles and Turnovers. Um, go ahead and give us a follow. Let us know how we're doing. Um, and that's, you know, that's it, man. So we'll, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Hopefully we'll go into the AFC South, um, where we talk about our two favorite teams and where they stand. Um, and so have a good weekend guys, take care and we'll see you on the next one.